Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. Recently, one of my longtime friends posted a picture of himself next to a pile of wood that he had chopped. And the caption read, I should get a bigger axe, but this one has been in my family for five generations. We've replaced the head twice and the handle three times. (laughs) And I'm sure my friend Tom was pulling everyone's leg because at that point, there's no family history left in the axe, right? Well, today I want to share a couple of thoughts about a very short event in the Bible that had an axe as the main focus point. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 6. And the prophet Elisha was the headmaster of a training school And we can liken this to an Old Testament version of a Bible college that's training the next generation as they mature in their faith. So these students learned together, worked together, ate together, laughed together. And the key word there is together. And when you have a bunch of people together in one spot, things can get cramped really quick. So the meeting place was getting too small which is a great problem when you're trying to train young men to be leaders. So they come up with a plan to go chop down some trees and construct a new facility. Now, not only did they want Elisha's approval, but more than that, they really wanted Elisha's presence. So they asked him to come with them to oversee the project, and he agreed. So they go down to the Jordan River to find the right kind of trees, and they start swinging away. But when one of the students begins chopping down a tree, the axe head flies off and lands in the river. And as you can imagine, he's overwhelmed with shock. And he yells for Elisha's help because now he's in a predicament. The axe wasn't his. It was borrowed. Now, what you need to remember is that Elisha was a pretty amazing guy in the Bible. Obviously, it was God who did the miracles, But Elisha was the tool that God used to part the Jordan River, to turn poisonous soup into something that was edible. He used Elisha to give a widow an endless supply of oil to sell and pay off her debts, and to raise a dead boy back to life, and to heal a man named Naaman of leprosy. So who knows how God, through Elisha, is going to fix the situation? And again, this student was really beside himself when the axe head falls off. Why? Well, I can almost guarantee that this guy, this student, was poor. Nothing has changed in thousands of years. Students usually aren't wealthy people. Uh, There are some exceptions. But the way this event is told, it clues us in that he was so poor that he didn't have an axe of his own. He had to borrow one. And this may seem strange to us today, but an iron axe head was an extremely precious and valuable commodity in those days. And when the axe head slips off the handle, it created a very real crisis for this young man because the Old Testament law was very clear. If you lost or damaged something that you had borrowed, you had to replace it or pay for it or somehow make it right with the lender. And if this student was so poor, 
that he had to borrow an axe to begin with, how is he ever supposed to make restitution? Right? How is he going to be able to replace this rather valuable item? And honestly, when we read this, losing a borrowed axe may not really resonate with you. I mean, if you borrow an axe from a neighbor and you break it or the head falls off, you just go down to Home Depot or Lowe's, spend 70 bucks and get a new one, apologize to your neighbor and explain the situation and give him the new axe and, you know, it's not a big deal. But that's not the right perspective. Think of it this way. You borrow your friend's truck and some guy makes an unexpected left-hand turn in front of you and then you end up crashing and totaling your friend's truck. But neither you nor the other driver have insurance. <laughs> now it resonates, right? That's how big a deal losing this axe head would be. And notice that Elisha doesn't scold the man or try to shame him by saying, hey, you knew it was borrowed. Why weren't you more careful with someone else's stuff? He didn't do that. Instead, he asked, well, where did it fall? So he shows Elisha where it happened, and he cuts a stick from one of the felled trees, and he throws it in the exact spot, and the iron axe head floats to the surface. And I would love to have seen that. Now, Elisha didn't take a stick and poke around the water to try to find the axe head. Instead, through God's power, Elisha was able to make that piece of iron float. And then Elisha says, go retrieve it. And I think it's safe to assume that the place where the axe head fell off was either too deep or the riverbank was too steep uh, for the head to be retrieved. Otherwise, the student could have simply stepped in and, and gotten it. So why is this even in the Bible? I mean, it, it's only a couple of verses long. It's not very dramatic. There's no sick people being healed. No one's being raised from the dead. Well, I personally believe that the whole point of this event is threefold. Number one, it reminds us that there is nothing too hard for God. Number two, it reminds us that God is interested in every detail of our lives. And number three, it shows us that God wants to include us in his work. Now, because God is God, he could have empowered Elisha to make the axe head float right into the air. Or Elisha could have thrown the stick into the river like a harpoon, and God could have miraculously reattached the handle to the head. But God and Elisha wanted this man, this student, to be part of his solution to the problem. And in Matthew 9 and John 5, we read about Jesus healing a paralyzed man. And then he says to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now, notice that Jesus didn't carry his bed for him, but rather he enabled him to do something that he previously could not do. And the same is true here. God didn't make the axe head float up into the man's hand. Instead, he put it within man's reach so he could pick it up. And this, my friend, is the gospel in a nutshell. God the Father sent Jesus to come and do a work and a miracle that we could not do. We couldn't save ourselves. 
we couldn't fix the sin problem. And now the gift of eternal life, reconciliation with the Father, and forgiveness of sin is now within reach. He just simply asks that we take it, that we pick it up. That's his offer, and I hope you will not choose to reject it. And even though this miracle may not be the most dramatic miracle in the Bible, it shows us that God is compassionate, that he's not distant, he's not far away, and he's right there in our day-to-day struggles. He wants to be involved in even the smallest details of our lives because he loves us and he cares for us just as a loving father should. Well, as always, I hope this has been an encouragement to you. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so when the next episode is ready, it will automatically download it and notify you. Share the link or download the episode and send it to a friend. We'd love to hear from you. Reread this event in 2 Kings 6 and remind yourself that God wants to be involved in every little piece of your life. Thanks for joining me today. And until next time, keep walking with the Lord. Thank you.